read. It's time to write that new chapter in the American dream. The American dream. The people have something. That other malfunctioning corporation called the USA. The American dream. Is dead. Believe that one day we'd all be movie gods and rock stars. But the American dream had a price tag. What you represent to them is freedom. Girls here are free to have fun. She is in America now. Welcome, Welcome to Chillin' Ambitious, the podcast where we point out shit you didn't know was relevant. And today, that's going to be the American dream. <laughs> and what it means. To our generation, the millennials. Uh, but before we get into that, we have an introduction. This is episode zero. And I'm O. And I'm No. Um, and you could call us Oh No. <laughs> oh, fucking no. Oh, fucking no. But why are we here? That's a, that's a good question. Um, but what does chill and ambitious mean to you? Chill and ambitious means trying to balance these two things. Normally, people think of just being chill or just being ambitious. And don't think of them as the same as the same person that you have to either be super cutthroat or you're not going to get anywhere in your life. And we refuse to think that's the only way to do things and that they're either, you know, a combination of restructuring your life on an individual level, looking at things that need to happen politically, things that need to happen socially that you, you can make things better while also being able to support yourself. Yeah. And a lot of that ha- comes down to community, which is actually, I think the biggest thing, right? Like fi- this whole podcast started because we kind of met each other and realized that like, we like to talk about all this stuff that we like to talk about social issues and pop culture. And sometimes we like to get deep into those social issues and it doesn't really make us uncomfortable because the purpose of talking about them is figuring out how do we address these issues in the best way. Exactly. And that nicely leads us up to our first series. It is on life innovators. We are going to be talking to life innovators every week. And these are people that have figured out how to pursue their interests and make money because nobody ever likes to talk about both things in the same time. They're like, yeah, sure. Follow your dreams. It's so hyper inspirational, but like where, where is it pragmatic? Like how, how have people done what they like to do and still made a living? And, um, so we interview people who've done that successfully and we kind of pick out what their greatest strengths are. And then we contextualize it with some research. Right. And so you get the, you get the individual story, the anecdotal side, But then you also find out that person isn't necessarily alone, that throughout history or maybe a recent study came out that reflects actually people with that strength have statistically shown to do better in whatever circumstance. It's not enough to just say, oh, this person did it. It's like, okay, what what was successful about it? What can we all leverage and how do we create a community around this idea or, or around these people who are just thinking a little bit outside of the box and and uh, providing some information that could be useful to you as well. Yeah, and it's so important right now. It seems like everybody's asking these questions about their life, at, especially if you're you're from this generation. And it brings us to why we want to talk about the American dream and make a case that it is still relevant, despite often the connotations that it's dated, 
that it's an opiate, that it's unattainable. We notice when that when people have those connotations, it's because they have a specific idea of the American dream. White picket fence, the two car, you know, the the two cars of two point five kids having a stable career, all those things that kind of all went, came in one package. Or like making a, lots of money. Yeah. Well, that's, you cut, how are you going to afford your house and two cars and 2.5 kids? All that shit's crazy expensive. Um, Being super rich. <laughs> or there actually was a middle class. It didn't have to be super rich, but it doesn't really exist anymore. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me? A Mercedes Benz. Yeah, but, you know, that's actually not what the American dream is really about at the core anyways. We did a little research, and originally it was coined by a man named James Trussell Adams during the Great Depression. He, of course, drew from our founding father documents and philosophers, and he said that it was a land in which... Life should be better and richer and fuller for everyone, with opportunity for each according to ability or achievement, regardless of the fortuitous circumstances of birth or position. So what that says to me is we're all still pursuing the American dream. We just attached one very specific ideal to it. Right. Like, what does better, richer, and fuller mean? Well, this is really funny because if you want to talk about it from a from a an immigrant's perspective. I mean, I think that it's still very, sometimes you'll talk to people who are still have a, a negative view about it, but I come from, I'm like a first immigration, first immigration. I'm a first generation, like from immigrant parents. And my parents think America is like the greatest thing ever. Um, you know, like because of what it stands for, I think that there's this very, very much this, view of America as being this place where anything can happen. No, um, my parents are the same way. I'm more or less second generation here in America. Uh, To that point, one of the things I really appreciate about America is that it is, for better or worse, all about money. It isn't about where you came from, who your parents are, what your class or race is. Obviously, those are determ- you know, affect your ability to show whether or not you're marketable. But at the end of the day, people want to know, can you make me money? And if you can, they will work with you. That's true. It wasn't always like that in this country for minorities especially. But today, if you can prove on YouTube that you have so many followers uh, and people buy your shit, uh, yeah, corporations will work with you. Also, people buy your shit, so your business will be supported. And I think there is something, you know, there is something cool about America being able to democratize and business being able to democratize things like that. That's funny. Um, My friend Katrine said that when she, because she's from Sweden, when she used to watch, uh, when I asked her what what she thought uh, the American dream was about, she said that she always she used to watch Cribs on MTV, and so she thought that the American Dream was all about making money and just buying a big house and like having a bunch of ridiculously expensive things. Right. <laughs> that which that's is, the, that's the perception of America to some, which is problematic. That, yeah, it's really just about this this idea that you can have anything, and I think that that really coincides with this energy that I think that our our 
age group has is like, we want to do more. We want to explore more. We want to, we want to travel more and we want to figure out how do we do, like, how do we work this way too? Like, how do we fit all these things in? And, and it's kind of amazing to have this energy. Like, and that to me is the, the energy of the American dream. Like I even have a friend from, from France who was saying that uh, when he was like, you know, he's a developer and when he was in France, he had like this idea for this app he was working on with a friend and everyone was kind of telling him, oh, you know, like maybe you should have some different ambitions or like maybe you should not be, you know, not dream so big. And then he said he came to America and it was like he had to hit the ground running because he came and he had this idea and everyone said, okay, how fast can you go? And he was just saying how beautiful and energizing this was. We have this optimism here too. Like just this American dream has so much instilled in us from an early age of being like, you can be anything you want to be. That's not everywhere in the world. People are like, what did your dad do? Or, you know, this is a safe thing to do. And you don't need to find your happiness in your job. And not that you need to necessarily even in America, but like people don't expect it to be fulfilling. Well, yeah, I mean, we also work more here. I want to go back to what you just said about being anything you want to be, because that is a very American trope in our culture. But I want to say that there, I don't think until recently, until the last 10 years, that there really was the support for that. Because maybe you want to be something, but you don't really know how to go about doing it. With the beautiful invention of the internet, having this and uh, technology expanding to what it has today, we're so educationally rich like any human with an, a smartphone has more in america or in a at least in america or a country where the internet is not censored has more information more access access to more information than the president did 30 years ago right so you're actually we're like smarter we are more creative but we have less opportunity well, we have less opportunity provided to us by others necessary. Good point. Uh, more more choice than ever than before, but that puts a responsibility on actually deciding how you want to create your life. Instead, we now have a middle class of information, as I like to think about it. And I, as a millennial, uh, was lucky enough to take advantage of that. I totally got into fashion because of the internet. I have a political science major. Uh, I didn't go to fashion school and the only way I was able to do that was with um, a designer that I found through Model Mayhem still going on and it was a place where you can find models, you can find hairstylists, makeup artists, and people will work with you if you guys can build each other's portfolios. So I actually built my portfolio for free with a lot of time and energy making stuff. Nothing. Tin stoffel. Right. All I right. paid for the fabric. That was, I, that cost and money. And you paid with time. And I paid with time. But I created a portfolio um, with photo shoot and everything. And I, I, I guess I have some talent. So people wanted to work with me. And a lot, um, I really learned how, you know, even though if you're nobody, if you, people, if you can sell your idea, if you can sell your talent, if you can sell that you have something to offer, I learned very quickly that people will work for you, uh, work with you because they'll be benefiting from what you can contribute. And uh, yeah, so that I'm totally, because of the internet, was able to make this transition to fashion. Um, I've designed for The Gap, Kate Spade, worked for all these you know brands that normally 
you know, you would have to go to these prestigious schools and all this sort of thing that um Once I'd you have industry do. experience, it doesn't matter. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. I was hard getting in and it's that was through some social engineering to do that too. But it's hard getting in when you went to a very fancy four year school too. Yeah. You know? Art school. So yeah, but like thank you, Internet, for helping further along the American dream. But yeah, no, totally. That's what Chillin' Ambitious is about. This is what the Life Innovator series is about. We have a wonderful array of friends because of our weird, like our weird interests in all of the things, in all the things. We've built this really amazing network of people who've really figured this out. And we're fortunate enough that they're sharing that with us, that they're allowing us to interview them and then pull out the best bits and share it with you our audience and we wanted you to be a part of our community we want to build this community and share you every week we'll be interviewing a new person pulling out these these beautiful bits of information and also having resources from every one of our life innovators some people work half the year and don't work half the year some people have started their own nonprofits. some people are like really really successful uh business owners but you know we're going to talk about all the all of the bits, the ugly bits, the hardest bits, <laughs> and you know what they learned. And yeah, and in the meantime, we'd like to invite you to think about your dream. Uh, you know, we've been talking about the American dream and all the history that's here around this whole concept. But of course, you know, you don't have to be in America. It's just really about having a dream. And defining it for yourself so that someone else doesn't define it for you. Yeah. It's going to be a fun time. And uh, we'd love for you to join us. We're, we're going to be airing every Wednesday. Yes. You can follow us on Instagram. And on the Twitter and on the Facebook. We know people don't really use the Facebook, but you can follow us there. Uh, our website is chillandambitious.com. There, you can find show notes. You can find uh, citations to the lovely audio clips we use throughout the show as resources. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, it's at Chill Ambitious because nobody has time for all those extra words. <laughs> well, I'm O. And I'm No. And thanks for listening. I like to be in America. Okay, by me in America. Everything free in America For a small fee in America okay.